in the squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, hello. A non-consequential debate will be tonight among the remaining Republicans who are not Donald Trump. Who the hell are they anyway? DeSantis, uh, Nikki Haley, couple of others. No more Mike Pence. No more Mike Pompeo. Who the hell else is in this race? Tim Scott, uh, that Vivek guy. I mean, they're all at uh, anywhere between 9 and 19 points. Donald Trump is up there, 60, 65 points. Uh, it's on NBC, the fake news. A lot of people are uh, really annoyed and done with Rana Romney McDaniel. Rana Romney McDaniel. Who is she? She's the head of the Republican Party. And um, everywhere she goes, she loses, it seems like. And it's said that she does not like Trump. All right. She's one of those guys who, uh, you know, nice to his face, but is always trying to trip him up. Uh, she loses a lot. Uh, what happened here? Uh, oh, Ohio. We uh, got. Mm, are, are you pro-life? Look, let's talk about this for a second. Um, I consider myself pro-life. All right. The country is not there yet. The country is just not there. Um, it's not. And I would like to. There are a lot of other issues in addition to abortion. Would we agree? Right. I thought it was an amazing thing. Roe v. Wade being overturned. It needed to happen. Roe v. Wade should not have been the law of the land. It was a bad decision, a bad practice, all kinds of bad. We have more permissive abortion in this country than they do in North Korea. Even the Europeans, who are pretty liberal and lax about everything, look at us and they think that we're barbarians with the abortion latitude. All the way up until the ninth month, all the way up until post-birth in some circumstances, it's crazy Oh, hey, here's something new. Sorry, Vicky Palladino. Congratulations to Vicky Palladino. She beat Tony Avella, uh, the chronic office runner over there in Queens. Good for her, Vicky Palladino. Who else won? Christy Marmorto. Uh, unfamiliar with her. Is she the councilwoman in the Bronx? Yeah. Yeah. A Republican one in the Bronx. Marmorato is her name. Marmor- Let's get her on the phone and congratulate her. Good for her. They haven't had a... Oh, wait, did she beat Nidia Velasquez? Ooh, that crazy person? No, I think it's another Velasquez. Anyway, good for her. I like it. I like it. I like it. A Democrat seat has gone Republican. Not that I really care for Republicans all that much, but they tend to be a lot better than Democrats. Uh, a lot better. So uh, that's good. Oh, and in Suffolk County, we have a new county executive, Ed Romaine. Don't know anything about him, but he is the new county executive. Congratulations. He is a Republican, and that's uh, in Republican hands for the first time since uh, since when? When's the last time a Republican? Steve Levy? Was he Republican? Kind of, right? Didn't he jump around a little bit? I like Steve Levy a lot. Remember him? Um, all right. So here's Ed, Mar- Ed Romaine, Suffolk County boss, executive, boss in a good way. Congratulations, sir. Cut one. Tremendous mandate, getting 57, 58% of the vote, crushing it. And I thank Suffolk, because with those numbers, I'm capable of going to my colleagues in the legislature and putting together a common-sense agenda to move this county forward. All right. Sounds like a no-nonsense, uh, rough-and-tumble type of guy. Ed Romaine. What do we know about him? Oh, he was on the uh, town of Brookhaven's, the town of Brookhaven's supervisor, which is not a small job. Um, well, good for him. Let's see here. Oh, he's 76 years old. Did sound a little bit... Uh, seasoned so 
What difference does it make? Well, Suffolk County is actually bigger than, I think, half the states in the country. It's, um, well, it's bigger than Delaware, and it has more people than Delaware. Imagine that. Uh, more people and more uh, area, more square mileage than uh, than Delaware, than Rhode Island, than a bunch of other places. Good for uh, Ed Romaine. What does this mean for Ballone? Steve Ballone, that's his name, right? Met him once or twice. Very nice guy. But, uh, yeah, there are only so many places to go when you're a, when you're a politician. So good for him. Oh-oh. Uh-oh. Well, we knew this was going to happen. Uh, one of the Central Park Five is now in the city council. He won the primary, what, like Nine months ago, it's crazy, the primary, and now he's going to be a city councilman. Yusef Salam, who I think is a bad dude. And if you disagree with me, uh, go back and look at the transcript. Go back and look at what this guy said in open court. Look at what he actually admitted to, taking that pipe into the park. Now, he was accused of sexual uh, sexually assaulting Trisha Mille, right? And uh, he was found guilty of I, I, certain offenses, all kinds of offenses, really, went to jail. And then in a political cave-in, which had nothing to do with the facts, had nothing to do with the law, uh, they said that these guys are innocent. They just pronounced them innocent without actually having a court hearing, without actually having a lot of things that you're supposed to do. They took one guy's word for it. A serial rapist said, yeah, I did it by myself. I did it all by myself. Well, you shouldn't believe a psychotic serial rapist, right? He says, yeah, no, I always work by myself. Except for that time you raped your mother and you had friends do it with you. What was his name again? That totally bizarre guy. I talked to somebody who met him once in prison um, and said of all the people he met in prison, that guy was the weirdest. That guy was the weirdest. Now, Yusef Salam, you know, this is unfortunately like, (laughs) you know what made this guy like a force to be reckoned with is his criminal past. Wait a second, they're exonerated, right? No, you heard a lot of fake news about that, a lot of fake news. So if Eric Adams can become mayor, yeah, unfortunately, Yusef Salam, too. Cut four, please, cut four. Today we stand here together, not as separate individuals, but as a united force that has collectively triumphed over adversity. As a community that has changed, that has chosen hope over fear. Um... You can go far just saying platitudes like that, you know? We're going to work together with the community. Hope over fear. Up with people. Down with violence. Up with people. Uh, <laughs> Mateus Reyes is that guy's name. The uh, the maniac rapist, serial rapist. And they didn't put him on the stand. They didn't put him under oath. They didn't do anything with him. They just talked to him in jail. And he said, yeah, I did it all by myself. They said, oh, thank you very much, sir. Let's let everybody go. Well, what about the DNA evidence? Yeah, I know, but it's the DNA evidence has been misreported and misrepresented. The prosecutors always knew, all the way back in 1989, 1990, 1991, that there was another rapist out there somewhere because his semen was found at the scene, and they did a DNA al- analysis, and they knew it did not uh, link to any of the uh, any of these guys. Uh, Corey Wise, Antron McRae, Raymond Santana, Kevin Richardson, Yusef Salam. They knew that, and they said it. They had a great big hearing about it, the pretrial hearing. These guys made damning statements um, about their activities that night. Damning. You, you, you can look at the confessions for yourself. You can look at the confessions for yourself. Now, Yusef Salam did not make a videotape confession. There was all kinds of controversy about his age. 
I don't like him. He admitted to taking a pipe into the park uh, that night. Uh, he was boasting in the most ugly way about what he did. And I think he's a bad guy, but this is the world we live in now, right? You say it, you, you, you pretend you're a victim. You get millions and millions and millions of dollars, and uh, he's in the city council now. Wow. Watch out. All right, brighter side of it. Oh, here's Christy Mamorado. I hope she gives a, 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 let's make her the mayor someday, right? Christy Mamorado. This is the Republican who won, cut three in the Bronx. It's an honor because my community came out and spoke. They wanted a change and they got a change. Hard work, hard work and consistency and, and it eventually pays off. And it's like I said, it's the community. They needed the change. They wanted the change and they spoke. They came out and voted. Well, the, the Bronx, a good chunk of it definitely needs a change. Don't you agree? I mean, that place, that place is in trouble. Oh, so back to uh, Israel for a moment. Israel, they are fighting the fight that must be fought against the enemy, Hamas. And um, the Hamas runs Gaza, and it's a terrorist organization. They killed children. I saw a horrible, I can't even go into what they did. I won't go into what they did, but it involves a baby, and it involves an oven, and I can't say anything more than that. This is Hamas. And they must be eradicated and so many nitwits running up and down, yelling and screaming about, you know, the perpetrators here, defending the perpetrators. No. Let's see. This is uh, Corey Bush. Okay, Corey Bush goes out there. You know, Rashida Tlaib said awful, awful, awful things about Israel and seems to be in favor of genocide of uh, Jewish people. So they passed a resolution, I think, to condemn her and her comments. Every now and then you got to do that. It's kind of meaningless, but at the same time, it's very meaningful. And all of her radical friends got up there and supported her. Elon Omar, I think, what, what did what did AOC do? And this is Cori Bush. Cori Bush went on and on and on and on and on. And somebody, she's hyperventilating, and somebody just kind of compressed all of her comments, all right? So she goes on. This is Cori Bush's speech, which is five minutes, but it was compressed into about 15 seconds. Cut 19, please. Cut 19. <laughs> Black people, the insurrection, racism. (laughs) That's pretty funny. It's very good. There are so many very, very qualified people out there, funny people online. You know, just these, they call them Internet trolls. You know what? Um, That's not nice. Up with it, Internet trolls. It's okay to spend some time on the Internet and make fun of politicians. It's still America, even though... Uh, Facebook and big tech, they're back to their, well, I guess it's not an old trick, censoring people like me, like me taking my content off of my Instagram account. I can't make fun of Eric Adams. I can't make fun of Bill de Blasio. Big tech is reaching down into my account and taking my material off and they label it false. How is it false? How is it false that I said this? Well, it lacks context. Shut the hell up and stay the hell out of it. They are messing with the wrong Marine. You start taking my content. Well, it's a private company. They can do what they want. You know what? Uh, maybe it shouldn't be a private company. And this is one of the reasons why I don't like uh, Republicans all that much. You know what I mean? Some Republicans are like, oh, it's free enterprise. And you know what? No, uh, enough with that stuff. If Alexander Graham Bell only let people who he agreed with uh, talk on the phone, uh, we, we, we as America would have taken that phone from him. Right. And that would have been the right thing to do. So big tech can't be trusted. They've got too much power. Uh, there's no sign that they are 
giving conservatives a break or Trump a break. Hey, how about the Ivanka Trump walked into court today? Uh, talk about a beauty queen. I mean, the way she walks in there, she like sachets. I mean, she's totally model-esque and she's very smart. And they were asking her about emails from 2017. Do you remember anything about any email you sent or received in 2017? Uh, nobody does. So most of her answers were, I don't recall. You know, they're trying to take away, they're trying to destroy Donald Trump and it's not working. We can all see that he is increasing. He is growing. It's getting better. He's going to speak tonight. Big rally. And what I think we'll see are some new words about abortion. Yeah. So what happened in Ohio? They said abortion rights should be enshrined in the Constitution. Should they be enshrined forever? All these, uh, yes, must have abortion rights. Well, I think we're going to have to make some adjustments and accommodations. Uh, we are going to. I don't know how exactly. Uh, I'm expecting Donald Trump. He said he would do this the last time. We have got to find a better way to talk about abortion. Because Republicans, uh, the sane people, they're losing on it and losing consistently. And if this doesn't get fixed real soon, they can run on that issue all the way to the White House. They could actually keep Joe Biden in the White House based on abortion. It is sick. It is wrong. But that's the reality. And we've got to come up with a plan. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Somebody give back uh, Tony Blinken's cat. I'm looking at him live right now. Where the hell is he? Somewhere. Uh, he's in Tokyo, Japan, projecting weakness, projecting uh, wimpiness, worried, uh, just a pfft, he can't do it. A good chunk of that job is swagger. All right. You got to look tough. You got to sound tough. You need smarts, too. All right. You need that. But you got to have the whole package for these big jobs. He does not have it. He's somebody's staff guy. Give him a binder. Put him in the back of the room. Let him do a position paper that the boss will read someday. Uh, But he shouldn't be representing America on this stage. And quite frankly, he's kind of, in a weird way, the de facto president of the United States more and more. Where the hell is Joe, right? (laughs) He's he's away, and we're going to keep him away. Uh, Hello, Mike in Westchester. Yes. Yes, Greg. How are you? Always a pleasure. Listen, oh. I'm the one that gave you the idea on that that expose of the 50 guys in 50 days on why they signed that security document, and and nobody went under the under the hood on those guys on everybody's private agenda on why they signed that lying document. And I still think you should do an expose on that. Well, because- we did we did some, you know what I mean. I've done some. I've done uh, Clapper. I've done. Uh- who the hell else is on that list? Panetta, I've done, uh, Blink, I've, you know, we Blink and it organized the whole thing, but, uh, yeah, yeah, I know. Everybody knows. Everybody who signed that list is corrupt. Everybody. And it, you know what we're talking about? The, these Intel guys said that the Hunter Biden laptop was disinformation and, uh, Russia disinformation has all the hallmarks of Russia disinformation and, uh, the, 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 the Intel community letting us down again. Hmm. Right. In a big, big, big way. They let us down on 9-11. Right. They let us down with the Iraq war. They let us down in Afghanistan. They stink. They absolutely stink. And good luck finding any mention of them in the Constitution. And that includes the FBI. We need law enforcement. We even need federal law enforcement. But I am done with the FBI. Friends of Biden Incorporated. we got to come up with one for the Central Intelligence Agency, huh? 
children intuiting. Uh, no, I got to get back to you on that. Anyway, Mike, yeah, good idea. Thank you, Sandra. Oh, hi, Greg. Um, you know, I just wanted to ask you something. I was listening to your show last night, you know, relaxing, enjoying, and all of a sudden, I have my radio on as well, and I hear uh, Bill O'Reilly. But he said something that I said, what? He was basically saying that he agrees with Letitia James in uh, what she stands for regarding this case. So I was wondering if you maybe could have him on your show and and have a discussion with him about this. Because, look, he has a lot of um, influence over people. Ah, Don't worry about it. People, he's just saying stuff. It's okay. He can say what he wants to say. I uh I'm a little bit surprised, but I didn't hear what he said. He can say what he wants. I don't, uh, you know, I know he's a big Trump supporter. He really agrees with uh, Tish James. I don't believe it. Tish James is a maniac. The case is not good. Uh, everybody knows that. This is a this is a get Trump. And, you know, they're counting on it. They're counting on people not being able to do anything about it. And in a way, what can we do about it, right? You have a corrupt judge who's willing to, uh, you know, use the system to get Trump, a corrupt district attorney or AG. And um, we have very few options other than <laughs> voting for the guy, giving him money, giving his com- his campaign money, and praying that the appeals court does the right thing. And I think it will. I think it will. This is, uh, yeah. So don't worry so much, Sandra, about Bill O'Reilly. He's a rat to say stuff. I can't, uh, I can't, I'm not going to book him anytime soon. I, I, I love the guy, but he, I, uh, yeah, maybe we'll have him on talk about other stuff, but I'm not going to challenge him about you said something that Sandra doesn't agree with. You know what I mean, Sandra? No, I didn't say I don't agree. Now he has me confused. No, you have. Oh. <laughs> you said you said you don't agree with uh, whatever. All right. Anyway, look, he's got great content. BillOReilly.com. Check it out. BillOReilly.com. You're welcome, Bill. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Have you ever heard of, are you ready for this, Dr. Jawanza Kunjufu? Dr. Jawanza Kunjufu. Uh, lately, I've been uh, noticing him on social media, and I don't know if he's posting, but people are posting about him and his appearances over the years. Uh, he's an academic, he's an educator, and he's written and said some pretty powerful things and I find myself agreeing with him a lot and being like, man, this is uh, this is heavy duty. And I wish we had more of this. Uh, he happens to be black and he happens to be talking about race in a way that, uh, well, it's a serious, sometimes painful conversation, which I think needs to happen in place of the silly, fatuous, dopey, uh, dumb conversation that we're having instead. Right. And somehow it's all about white supremacy, right? I hate white supremacy, but good luck finding the white supremacists. There are two, right? And one's in prison. So here's this guy, uh, Dr. Jawanza Kunjufu. I think he's from New Jersey, and he may have said this to Dick Cavett, of all people. Listen to this. Cut 21. There were a million black boys last year that wanted to play in the NBA. Of that million, only 400,000 will even make it to play high school ball. Of that 400,000, only 4,000 will be able to make it to play college ball. Of that 4,000, only 35 will make it to the NBA. Of that 35, only seven start. And the average life in the NBA is four years. So the real problem is we have a million brothers looking for seven full-time jobs that last four years. And yet last year we had 100,000 jobs available to be a computer programmer, engineer, or doctor, and only 1,000 brothers qualified. So 
our appeal to black males is to realize the odds. That that you do most will be that that you do best. I mean, we were the first doctor, not Hippocrates, in Hopetep. So we have the ability either in math or science or music and sports. But that that you do most will be that that you do best. If you play basketball from 3 o'clock to 9 o'clock, you'll be a very good basketball player. If you went home and went to the library, you'd be a very good scholar. We need more black male role models that will encourage our youth in math and science. Uh, questions? <laughs> Anyone gonna quarrel with that? And, uh, I applaud him. And you know what? I'm done with the days of, um, you know, waiting around for uh, somebody of color to say it. Uh, I just, you know, I waited on Barack Obama. Uh, I've been saying that. I don't need cover. I don't need permission. Uh, but when I am moved, like I was by, uh, Dr. Jawanza Kunjufu, I will, I will share it. That is, uh, that's something else. And there's something that that made me think of. I'll get back to it later. Good for him. Oh, you can have all of the, uh, gifts and advantages in life and, uh, still, still fail miserably and still be a terrible, horrible person. And somebody who comes to mind is, uh, John Hinckley. Any name ring a bell? He was the guy who tried to kill Ronald Reagan with the gun, all in an effort to impress Jodie Foster. That guy was totally insane. Uh, he watched Taxi Driver and he was impressed with Jodie Foster and not Sybil Shepard, who was the true hottie in that movie. I mean, beyond. Um, so anyway, uh, not guilty by reason of insanity. And this John Hinckley, it wasn't that he was white. It was that he was incredibly rich. His parents were rich. His parents were friends with the Bushes. This guy had every advantage in life. And, uh, well, May have had some mental, natural mental problems, but totally, you know, whatever, right? And look at him. He's like the worst kind of guy you can be. A presidential would-be assassin. And then some people who were born with very little um, and without a father. You know, Hinckley came from a solid two-family home and everything, all the support, and he still shot a president. Uh, who comes to mind? One of my favorites, Dr. Ben Carson. Happens to be black. Happens that his dad was... um out of the picture, uh, his mom was all doing all kinds of crazy thing, and you know, just uh, sex work was all over the place. And he grew up in the most horrific circumstances. One day, I think at about the age of twelve, he grabbed the Bible and he started reading from the Psalms, and it just totally changed his life. Became one of the greatest uh, neurologists in the world, right? So when I talk about, gosh, you know, it'd be great if there were more fathers in the black community, right, where they're seriously lagging. I don't want to insult anybody who doesn't have a, you know, a father or whatever like that, whether you're black or white, because you can still do great things no matter what your circumstances. But if you're looking at numbers, millions and millions and millions of people, you will notice and people have and they can make the correlations like, gosh, there is a greater chance that you will fail in one of these other categories or you might go to jail or you might not learn to read or you might have a child out of wedlock. And if you don't believe me, um, well, listen to Barack Obama back when he had some guts. He doesn't anymore. He just has greed. James Flippin walked in. Hello, James. Hey, Greg. Yeah, you know, uh, just thinking about some comments you played there from that doctor. I think you said he's a New Jersey doctor talking about the rate at which people succeed in pro sports and stuff like that. Makes me think of comments Charles Barkley made where he talks about, you know, he goes to schools and hears from a lot of young uh, black kids that basically they want to be pro athletes. And he talks about, well, yeah, but the percentage isn't very good. He wishes he heard more about people wanting to be engineers and surgeons and stuff like that. So um, there are some people out there talking about that issue. 
You know, there's, it's also a level of, I, I hate to say it, kind of like, is it, is it racism? Is it white resentment somehow? It's like, you know, John McCain, who had a lot of good traits, but a lot of negative traits too. He runs for president and, uh, he goes around bragging that he graduated five places from the bottom, fifth from the bottom of his class. He goes around bragging about how crummy he did in school. I actually don't think a black person could run around doing that and get away with it if they're aspiring to be uh, a president. I just don't think that that would wash somehow. Yeah, um, you might be right. And it's weird how, you know, for uh, somehow you got to be a Harvard Law graduate or a four-star general, if you happen to be black, for you to have, like, mainstream appeal. It's really the media's fault, to be honest, because regular people don't care. Regular people. Regular people... They grew up, uh, you know, playing sports, maybe joining the military, maybe blue-collar jobs. You work with people from all walks of life. But for the elite upper-crust media, right, upper-crust, they're not really upper-crust. They just uh, have more hang-ups than most people. And it's the prevailing <laughs> narratives they look to drive, too, right? It's like a story that they feel like they have to add another chapter to. I hate narratives. I hate narratives. You know, like Homer Simpson said, a bunch of stuff just happens. <laughs> Too many people are trying to weave a story, a narrative. Ooh. And then, like, the narrative is the Hardy Boys always solve the mystery, right? The Hardy Boys always solve the mystery that the adults couldn't. And that's the way those books are written. What narratives do we have today? Donald Trump is a threat to democracy. No matter what he says, he's a threat to democracy, right? Uh, Joe Biden is a man of empathy. Even if you have all this evidence that shows Joe Biden is a horrible, depraved, uh, um, uh mean man, you ignore all that because you have a narrative. You have a story. You're going to just only pick and choose and whatever. All right, what's going on with Eric Adams? So the mayor spoke at length this morning about this raid that unfolded last week at the Brooklyn home of his top fundraising uh, campaign executive, 25-year-old Brianna Suggs. We call her Brianna Thugs around here. Oh, is okay. that work calling her now, yeah. Brianna Thugs? I have my doubts about her and her uh, – well, anyway, keep going. So anyway, uh, Adams was asked why – he returned from Washington, D.C. that morning when that raid happened, which was something you commented on while hosting your show that day. Before I knew anything, I knew either he's in big trouble with the law or it's something stupid like his dog, you know, needed uh, a Band-Aid. It was one of those two things. Turned out to be the former. Well, before Adam, anybody else knew. Right. Adams talked about a couple different things, really, during this press conference. Up until this point, he said sort of, you know, more or less that he felt the need to be back in the city, make sure his campaign was following all the rules, oh, that brother, everything was he is above such board. A, he's such a good, so what did he say? We got it? So he also said that he, you know, knows this 25-year-old campaign staffer well, personally, and felt a need to kind of be there for her, I guess you could say. I had a 25-year-old staffer that I saw grow up as a intern that had a traumatizing experience in her life. Uh, wasn't that traumatizing? Uh, she wasn't arrested. She wasn't thrown into Rikers. Makes you wonder about the hmm, twenty-five-year-old uh, whatever he runs. I look, he's covering his own ass. Anything more? Well, so you would think that if you're going back to help somebody you know with trauma, you would probably get together with them, right? Oh, you're saying he set himself up here. He didn't really do it well. They apparently didn't talk. The I did not speak with uh, Brianna the day of the incident because I didn't want to give any um, appearance of interference. Uh, and I wanted to be clear on that. <laughs> and I was notified by campaign uh, team. Uh, why are we cutting these things off? I want to hear him go a little bit longer. Well, that's, he's, digging that's, him, he's digging himself a big hole here. Yeah, that's partly the way I was cutting these sounds up 
uh, you earlier let after him, I watched the press conference. Let him breathe. Just let him breathe a little bit. Well, this next cut is a little bit longer. And what's interesting is it started to come out. There was a report from, I think, uh, Messenger. Is that a news outlet? Messenger, I think, would have been the outlet that first broke this, that said that there was a, a wellness check conducted at Brianna Sugg's apartment the night before this raid happened. So this happened Thursday morning. On Wednesday night, there was an NYPD wellness check conducted at the building. Now, supposedly, members of the Internal Affairs Bureau were associated with that, the IAB. But we were a little confused by that because we said, well, is Brianna Suggs a member of law enforcement? You know, why was the IAB involved with this? Now, originally, City Hall said they didn't have any record of this wellness check. They didn't actually think it had happened, but they did some digging with the NYPD, and I guess it came out that oh, yeah, this, oh, you mean Brianna? Thought not Bri- that Brianna, the intern for the May. Oh, her? Yes, we were there. Of <laughs> uh, the NYPD communicated uh, that uh, they were shocked. I believe of of, of Deputy Mayor, Mayor Levy when he reached out. <laughs> this uh, uh, this uh, the DCPI said, uh, you know. Th- we doubt anything like that ever happened until they dug in more. They were able to find out with no uh, role in that at all. And I want to be clear on that. You want to be no clear role on in that. that at all <laughs> of the uh, IB carried out the uh, request, uh, but that did not uh, reach um, our city hall. At hey, all. We've seen people try to talk themselves out of jams. This is this is like I did a better job in fourth grade. Covering up for that's my, what I said. I said, to I said, it sounds like he's saying a lot of us in these sound bites. It's like he's a fourth grader. He's in trouble. He got caught, but he's a bit psychotic and he's a bit taken with himself. So he thinks he can like just get away with anything. I, well, all right. So, uh, he, um, let me hear that first one one more time. That's kind of cute, actually, when you think about it. Go ahead. I had a 25 year old staffer that I saw grow up as a intern that had a traumatizing experience in her life. Okay, so uh, she gets raided. Eric Adams said, excuse me, Mr. President, I must go take care of this 25-year-old intern that I may or may not have the hots for. And uh, because she needs her my care at this trying time, such a traumatic time. So tell us about how you comforted this, uh, this I don't know, precocious uh, little intern. Go ahead. The I did not speak with uh, Brianna the day of the incident because I didn't want to give any uh, appearance of interference. Uh, and I wanted to be clear on that. I want to be clear on that. by campaign uh, team. This guy is totally not credible. This guy is a bum. I've been telling you guys this for a long time. But he's good on law enforcement. No, 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 no. Man, people are dumb. I'm sorry. The New York Post, you guys are dumb. You guys are good in some areas. You know, you were dazzled by, oh, he's a very good-looking black man with a great suit. Look at this. I have not seen anybody like this since Barack Obama. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised how, you know what George W. Bush called it? The bigotry of soft expectations. You know? Oh, I like the editorial board needs to get out a little bit more, right? All, people from all walks of life. You'd be surprised how smart people are. Oh, wow. All right, so where does this leave us? Well, I mean, I, as far as what's going to happen now with Adams, uh, he did say that he's a, retained a law firm. You know, he's got attorneys that are working for he's him now. He's lawyered up. So uh, that's out there that he's working with. He says he'll comply he's, with any wait investigation. A second, wait a second. He's working with his lawyers. He lawyered up. He needs a criminal defense attorney. He's in trouble. He's in serious trouble. 
this Turkey connection. That's the yeah. That's the seven times to Turkey. All kinds of business with Turkey. Oh, he spoke about that, by the way. He said basically he just wants to attract, you know, businesses and people to New York City. That's uh, why he went to Turkey. Yeah, well, uh, there are a lot of countries out there, and he really went literally out of his way. Turkey. Why Turkey? Why all these guys from Turkey? Why one country? So something is up. Eric, uh, you know it. I know it, kind of. <laughs> I don't know all the details, but uh, we're figuring it out. All right, James. Interesting, interesting. I I I do kind of resent it. The the the, the fake news down there. All those silly nitwit twenty three year old reporters hanging on his every word. Granted, we're parsing his words, but I don't think they have a sufficiently adversarial approach with this guy. I kind of think you're fair on that. Yeah, I think that's right. All right, give me a press hat pass. I'm going down to city hall. So <laughs> just kicking some ass. Here, yeah. Be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right, so tonight, without Donald Trump, there's going to be a debate. There's also going to be a great big Trump rally that you can watch. Uh, but the debate is on NBC News, hosted by fake news stars uh, Kristen Welker and Lester Holt. Who's left in the Republican lineup, and why don't they give it up already? Governor Nikki Haley, uh, Florida governor, uh, no, I'm sorry, former governor of South Carolina, Nikki Haley. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie. Oh, gosh, he's still in it. Vivek Ramaswamy, the brilliant entrepreneur, and Tim Scott, U.S. Senator from South Carolina. Who quit the race so far? We know we lost. Uh, oh, Bergstrom is another guy, uh, but he didn't make it, didn't make the polling. Pence dropped out, you may remember, about a week and a half ago because he wouldn't have made the debate. He didn't have enough donors. He wasn't high enough in the polls. Who else dropped out? Mike Pompeo. But anyway, that should be interesting tonight at 8 o'clock, but also the big Trump rally. I'll get details about that in a moment. Uh, Kathleen in New Jersey, hello. Hi, Greg. How are you? I was just calling because Sandra did not hear Bill O'Reilly correctly. The only thing he agreed with was Letitia James has agents out in these housing developments just making sure people aren't being discriminated again. Oh, well, she has nothing to do with that. That's a program that's been around for a long time. And, oh, by the way, that program is a bit of a scam itself. Yeah. It is. I mean, I had a friend of mine once, and I was with them when it happened. Um, Really shouldn't tell too many details because I don't want another investigation. But somebody showed showed up. This guy did very well uh, in real estate. But not high-end real estate. He was renting a lot of different properties. And this person came came over, a, a prospective tenant, who was just so um, aggressive and, like, you know, pushy about every ailment that she had. And, you know, uh, you know, the, 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 my friend's going to have a wheelchair. I'm, uh, I'm trans and my partner is this and we need that. And, you know, my therapy dog needs his you – know, and all these things. And at the end, it's like, what do you think? I said, I wouldn't rent to her. He said, well, 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 but, but, you know, that might have been a setup. I said, I know, but I wouldn't rent to her because, not because of the ailments, but because she was such a jerk about it, so obnoxious. All she had to do is be friendly and sweet. I knew it was going to be a pro- I think it was a scam. Had nothing to do with the various whatever. Do you walk in and, you know, list all of your ailments right off the bat? Even your attributes? Even your kinky fetishes? No. But somehow um, these these people who go out and trying to entrap people, try to get them in trouble. Kathleen, that's how I feel. You listen to Bill O'Reilly, right? Uh, I listen to you. Yes, but I listen to Bill O'Reilly on the morning, 770, when he's on with uh, uh, Sid. 
Ah, that's a good team. That is a good team. Yeah. Well, Kathleen, thank you very, very much. Uh, again, look, nobody should be discriminated against based on things they can't control. Skin color, orientation even, uh, you name it. I don't think anybody should be judged about things they can't control. You can kind of control your attitude. When you show up with an attitude, uh, I don't think you got to rent to that person. If you own a house or you own an apartment, I don't have to rent to you. It has nothing to do with the other stuff. Um, and, uh, but they're out there. These, these undercover people and they're trying to get you in trouble. Newsday. Newsday is very fake news lately, by the way. Newsday, the Long Island paper, they ran this great big scam trying to take down good, honest, decent real estate brokers. Did you see that story, right? And they, and they played all kinds of games. Real estate brokers, they want to sell a house. They want to rent a house. Made a point trying to penalize these regular people. Newsday. I used to deliver that paper, you know. I was a paper boy. It was my first, well, my second job. Um, all right. What else? Hey, there is that rally. We'll get to that. Uh, I need more details. Rashida Tlaib officially censured and she deserved it. Totally deserved it. And here she is crying about it. Rashida Tlaib, the radical Democrat from Michigan, cuts seven. But let me be clear. My criticism has always been of the Israeli government and Netanyahu's actions. It is important to separate people and governments, Mr. Chair. No government is beyond criticism. The idea that criticizing the government of Israel is anti-Semitic sets a very dangerous precedent. And it's being used to silence diverse voices speaking up for human rights across our nation. Well. Uh, she's gone way, way, way beyond that. All right. Totally. Her history is full of anti-Semitic tropes, uh, making references, uh, you know, the most hideous type, right? You know, the uh, making greed and associating that with Jew- just every little stereotype she's engaged in. There's that. And also, I mean, I'm sorry. Um, anyone who, question the United States retaliating against Afghanistan and the Taliban after after September 11th. Yeah, that's a problem. The only thing we didn't do um, right there is we didn't attack them fast enough. We waited until October 7th. Did you know that? October 7th. We get hit on the 11th of September and we score around all the way until October 7th. Why? Greg Kelly. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right, everybody's jumping up and down about uh, the new uh, Somali-American, Nadia Mohammed. She is the new mayor of a place called St. Louis Park, Minnesota. And uh, Somali-American, great. Came here when she was 10, great. Um, I am a little bit curious about her agenda. All right, now listen, I didn't bring it up. The fake news is going nuts. They they love this. They just think it's the greatest thing ever. What difference does it make? She was born somewhere else. Well, that that happens a lot. Immigration, legal immigration, right? Um now she is uh if she took that oath of office as a citizen, great. Totally great. You know those people who take the oath of citizenship, they're extra special in my book. They actually promise to pick up arms to defend this country. They do. Um, is there something else, uh, something more than meets the eye? I'm not saying this is, no. Now, I do see this. 
Her first order of business. As mayor, I want to ensure people see themselves reflected in our policies. I don't know. I don't know. I see a lot of people in the conservative world knee-jerk negative reaction. Okay, she's a Democrat. Uh, you can be a Democrat. You can be, I can disagree with you. I can, uh, you can be, we can, we can have different views, right? Uh, some of the conservative community, I think, are possibly jumping the gun about this one. You see? You see? Well, you see what exactly? That she's wearing, uh, a hijab or something like that? So, so what? If she took, if she takes an oath to support and defend that constitution, I, Intend that uh, I, I assume she intends to support and defend the Constitution. Excuse me. Now, Sharia law is bad news, and there's no indication here that I can see that she is a supporter of Sharia law. And what is Sharia law? That is that crazy barbarian, goes back 5,000 years, code of justice in certain parts of Islam. It's crazy, right? You know, I, I see it. It's still happening. You know, women stoned to death for looking at some guy or driving a car. They put him out there in the, it, it happened. It, it's happening right now. It's happening in Afghanistan right now. It's happening in parts of Africa right now. Also, remember when we used to hear about Darfur? Who remembers Darfur? Nobody remembers Darfur. I vaguely remember Darfur. Darfur in the Sudan. Well, you don't call it the Sudan anymore. It's just, Sudan and South Sudan, whatever. Uh, it's a mess over there and all kinds of tribes and they're always at war with each other. Have you seen that nearly a thousand people were killed and nobody really pays any attention? Now, why is that? Why is it? It's racism. No, it's not. All right. It's not. For whatever reason, and some people do blame white people for this, that Africa is such that there is a, uh, an insane amount of violence compared to other continents. So much so that we've become somewhat crazily enough, I'm sorry, accustomed to it. I say, what are the, what do white people have to do with it? But there's a whole school of thought that, well, if the white colonialists did not divide, colonialists did not divide Africa in such a way that reflects their sensibilities, well, we wouldn't have these problems today. I don't quite frankly buy that, although I don't know enough about it. Uh, I do know this though. This is, uh, it's a horrible, horrible, horrible thing. It happens all too often, and when it happens all too often, you suddenly, not suddenly, gradually become rather, I don't know, desensitized, right? A little bit immune to it. I don't like it. I see the horrible pictures, and it is really tough stuff to look at. All right, I don't want to talk about this anymore. Do me a favor. You got that clip of my daughter speaking Spanish? My daughter is learning Spanish, and I know what it means now to have a vicarious thrill my child is learning to do something that I cannot do. And somebody told me once, there is nobody in the world who really wants you to succeed other than your father and mother. <laughs> Everybody else, you know, they kind of want you to succeed, but they uh, kind of gloat a little bit when you fail, right? A little bit. There's a little, what's the word? Schadenfreude, schadenfreude, schadenfraud. That's pleasure in someone else's demise, and it's a bad thing, but it's a human thing, and everybody's got a little of it or experiences a little bit of that. But the only people who really purely will have ecstasy when you succeed and when you make more money than they do and when you climb to greater heights than you ever did or I ever did, that is your parents and your how they view their children. If they succeed, wow, it's pure, unadulterated bliss. 
And this is, well, it's not quite blissful, but she is, she's making her way in Spanish, and I'm very proud. So the babysitter, Janet, we call her Jaja, uh, speaks a lot of Spanish. And my daughter has picked it up, and, and then she gets, especially when she gets upset, she starts whipping out the Spanish. And I wanted that, I wanted to hear a little Spanish, so I'm kind of prompting them a little bit. She does it a lot on her own, but here she is with a little bit of prompting, speaking Spanish. And Diego, you tell me if she's doing a good job or not, all right? Hit it. Inside What'd you say? What? It's coming. What did you say? I'm working with you. No, do I have it Oops. Vamos Daddy, are you going to go to school with me? Yes. But you have to go to the office and dress up with work clothes. Yes, true. <laughs> All right, so Diego, what the hell's going on there? They were actually having a conversation. And? That was very good. And what was, give me the gist of it. Uh, the babysitter wants her to do something, but she's like, no, wait, I'm, ta- I'm talking to my dad. I'm going to school with my dad. No, wait. Yeah, I heard that part. Squella. I knew yeah, that. Squella, I, I, yeah. Uh, it's pretty cool, right? And yeah, then she gets yeah, kind of like defensive good. and then she really goes into, at first it seems like she knows only a couple of words, but then when there's a little pressure applied, she's like, no, I don't want to go. I don't, I, uh, what does poor K mean? Why? Poor K means why, yeah. Man, oh man, oh man. So what grade would you give her in terms of, she's three, by the way. That's, uh, yeah, uh, from one to ten, you mean? No, I mean, that's the way a three-year-old would sound speaking Spanish, right? Yeah, that's the way I sounded speaking Spanish at three. Wow, it's amazing. Well, anyway, Janet, the babysitter, just hanging around her. Um, and also, it's really cool when they're this young, they just inhale stuff. They just, they just learn and learn and learn. And it's a beautiful thing. Hey, I talked to, um, James Comer. The congressman from Kentucky who is, oh shoot, Daniel Cameron lost. Daniel Cameron, all round great guy. Now, do me a favor, get that clip from yesterday. Daniel Cameron, attorney general in Kentucky. He was running for governor. He lost by six points. I was really surprised. Um, and I'm very disappointed. Really interesting man. Um, and he was just fabulous, fabulous. At the Republican National Convention, now, Daniel Cameron happens to be black. He happens to be a black Republican. Um, and Joe Biden thinks that black people should vote for him. Why? Because they're black. <laughs> Unbelievable, right? He actually said that out loud, Joe Biden did. Listen to Daniel Cameron take that on. This is He's not going to be governor, but I do think he's going to be a big league guy in the Trump administration. Go ahead. I think often about my ancestors who struggled for freedom. And as I think of those giants and their broad shoulders, I also think about Joe Biden who says, if you aren't voting for me, you ain't black. 
who argued that Republicans would put us back in chains, who says there is no diversity of thought in the black community. Mr. Vice President, look at me. I am black. We are not all the same, sir. I am not in chains. My mind is my own. And you can't tell me how to vote because of the color of my skin. Joe Biden is a backwards thinker in a world that is craving forward-looking leadership. There's no wisdom in his record or plan, just a trail of discredited ideas and offensive statements. So true. So true. And to hear, hear it put like that. And I, th- I think I think we are not all the same, sir. When he says, sir, and he points to his brain. I this I we do think we we do think differently. We vote. I just love it. I love everything about it. Uh, what's going on there in Kentucky? You know what he got a bump out of, uh, quite frankly, was that mass shooting that happened at the bank, the mass shooting at the bank. And uh, guess what? They tied that mass shooting, I think, to uh, uh, anti people of color racism, which is horrible, which is uh, just so repulsive but man did they whip that out right away they just put that out right away the cops anti-white he's a racist anti-people of color and we hate that and okay it's part of the case and we got to hear that we got to be told that but we didn't and they won't tell us about that audrey hale the transgender uh racist now we know anti-white racist shooter down there in nashville They won't say it because, well, it doesn't fit that narrative thing we were talking about, right? A narrative, a preferred way, a preferred story arc. Remember, Trump is the threat uh, to democracy. He's an insurrectionist. Anything that undermines that, anything that contradicts that, they will ignore. Hey, something else about that judge, Judge Engeron. I'm looking at Newt. (laughs) The guy has a very colorful life here. He's posting to his high school reunion group. He went to some school named Wheatley. Which I think is in Nassau County, Wheatley, right? That's uh, yeah, that's in Nassau County. Um, one of the desperate housewives went there. Who's the number one desperate housewife? The one who turned it into the biggest thing, Skinny Girl Margarita. Who is that? Skinny Girl Margarita. Um, Bethany, Bethany Frankel. She went to Wheatley. Anyway, uh, this guy went to Wheatley, and he tells everybody in his uh, little uh, high school reunion group they keep in touch via email what great shape he's in, and he's putting pictures of him without a shirt on all the time. That's, uh, for a high school reunion thing, that's, that's very weird. But the whole damn thing is weird. What they're doing to President Trump now, man, and they can do it to you, they can do it to me, they can do it to us, and they're counting on us not being able to do a damn thing about it. Right now it feels like we can't, but he's winning. The people get it. We still support him. They can't change that. Watch for this tonight. Donald Trump is going to say something significant about abortion. Six weeks ago, he pointed out that Republicans have to get better on this issue. You know, he gave us an amazing gift. Defeated Roe v. Wade. It would not have happened without him. It would not have happened. Now that it's happened and it's back to the states, we got to figure out the next phase of this. Because if you are an absolutist right to life, I kind I'm with you there. But this is a constitutional republic. Not everybody is with us. And Certain allowances and accommodations are going to have to be made because we will lose everything if we lose this next election, everything. And I do believe some compromise is needed on abortion, especially the evangelical community. All right. You guys, I love you. Some I kind of consider myself one of you. But you sat on your hands in 2022. You didn't do a day. You, you, 
You won and then you partied. And that's a problem sometimes with winning. All right, next steps. What's next? Stay tuned. Tonight's going to be important. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. You know that poll that came out earlier this week? Uh, we started the week with it. Uh, Joe Biden losing in some key swing st- states by a lot to Donald Trump. You know, we're done talking with it. It was news uh, Sunday into Monday. Probably shouldn't be because this uh, still is sending shockwaves all over the Democrat universe, especially the Democrat rich guys. They are freaking out. Uh, they are desperate to make a change. They have a huge problem on their hands because Joe Biden is convinced he's the only one. He's the only Democrat in the world who can beat Donald Trump. Um, so we have a, a guy in Canada, President Biden's envoy in Ottawa, Canada, confided to a crowd. Good luck confiding to a crowd of Canadians that fresh polling in key swing states is sobering and scary. A New York Times Siena survey published Sunday gave former President Donald Trump an edge in Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Nevada, and Pennsylvania. And Biden led only in Wisconsin by like a half a point. Overall, Trump was up 48 to 44 percent, even after all these crazy indictments and all this nonsense, right? All this fake news. And this guy says and here in Politico, for people in Canada or the United States who are concerned or troubled by a prospective second term of Donald Trump, those results are sobering and scary. U.S. Ambassador David Cohen told a conference of manufacturers and exporters in Canada's capital on Tuesday. Now, what is so scary about a second Trump term? Hmm? Closing the border scares you? Hmm? Not getting into endless foreign wars scares you? Lower taxes scares you? Uh... Putting aside uh, this transgender mess for 10 seconds scares you. Uh, a policy that would, what is the most radical, I mean, just the most mega policy, the thing that people hate the most, if you really dig down, right? It's that he doesn't want transgenders serving in the military. That's what really fires the, the left up the most. You realize how crazy that is? <laughs> it's... uh yeah, I, I, I think it was, was it? It was Barack Obama. Barack Obama wouldn't let transgenders serve openly in the military. We don't have the resources. We don't have the, it's too expensive. And they want the military to pay for gender reassignment. We have to pay for gender reassignment of soldiers and sailors and airmen. No, of course not. That is like the most, Five minutes ago, that was a totally reasonable, every Democrat in the world. You know, it's funny that uh, Biden, I'm, I'm sorry, Obama himself was actually against gay marriage. He ran in 2008 on the promise of, I am for civil unions, not gay marriage. How about that one? That is totally lost, isn't it, Max? And the first lesson? He's taking a... <laughs> first and last thing. He is a telemarketer. He's a telemarketer by day. We will try Thomas in Rockland. Hello. How you doing, Greg? Fine. I uh, just wanted to uh, tell you a couple of things. I want to thank you first for your service. Uh, if you run for mayor, you'll definitely win. I got a great voting tip. I did it in the voting place the other day. You know, when you go and you sign the iPad in the sky, they can actually blindfold you and you can sign your name with your pen in your mouth and there's no difference. The signatures don't match up. You take both your fists, you put your left fist up, then your right fist, the fist that you write with, 
you can actually write your signature perfect when you put fist to fist together because they make you sign the iPad in the air so your signature is scribbly and you can't read it. Every time I go to vote, it's a perfect signature. And people, what they can do is take a piece of paper, tape it to the wall in your home, practice your signature, writing it in the air. Oh, my God. All right. I don't know. I I, I never have. Wow, that's a lot there. I notice every time I write in an iPad, it's different. Every time, verification. You're right about that. The verification, signature verification. And then you have amateurs verifying signatures. Huh? That's not right. Thomas, thanks for the kind words about running for mayor. I see you live in the suburbs. If only you guys would move into the city. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Man, Eric Adams still trying to, you know what? He thinks he can con his way, James, stick around. He thinks he can con his way out of this jam, just like he conned his way into uh, the mayor's office. And he did con him. He is a con man, total con man, uh, that that guy could convince anyone that he was ever serious about law enforcement. Remember when he held up that dopey, uh, the, the bulletproof vest? I wore this bulletproof vest for 20 years protecting this city. Remember that? I almost wanted to elect the bulletproof vest and not him. Bulletproof vest. I mean, it was just the silliest thing that a scammer like that could convince anybody. And you don't have to convince too many people. And now he's in trouble. Uh, this turkey stuff is weird. The, uh, the raid on the FBI conducted, you know, the Biden administration hates this guy. Uh, he's in, there's something going on. Uh, Jane Slippin, you've been monitoring this all day long. Uh, what's that word you were having trouble with? Oh, so I wanted to ask you because it was a good word that you used when you were describing aspects of the case and you said that there was something fatuous. What does that word mean? It's a good word. Uh, fatuous means, um, silly, I think. Let's look it up. Uh, what was the context? What else? Because I think it? you said Fat- that he's he's fatuous, basically. Fatuous. That there's something about Adams that silly or pointless. It's an adjective. Yeah, fatuous. Um, now, why not just say silly or pointless? I don't know. It it's, sounded good the way you said it. it I don't. Like, I mean, you, you don't want to do that. I mean, maybe the the fat parts, the the emphasis, but that's what it means. Fatuous. I. Um, but sometimes a word just works. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Sometimes silly wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. Fatuous. Because right. it's like a. It's more of a quality. Silly is like a silly thing, but fatuous is more of a kind of a, 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 a way like of a being. Person, yeah, a way of being. That's what I. So, uh, all right. Any new things with this um, with this FBI investigation into Eric Adams and all of his weirdo shenanigans? No, I mean I, I'm reaching out to City Hall to ask about some of the discrepancy there. You know, Adams basically said, "Oh, I came back to provide some moral support to this person," but he also said that he wanted to make sure the campaign was operating above board so i kind of wanted to get down into like you know what was it what was the main reason why he came back so we're still waiting a response on that but i'm also going to have to reach out to dcpi cuz i'm curious about this um you know iab wellness check internal affairs bureau wellness check the night before at brianna sugg's home she's not a member of law enforcement so i'm curious as to why the iab was involved in that well, remember this. You're never going to get an answer knocking on the front door of the press office. That's true. <laughs> we got to get some sources down there. I I w- could- you know what? I wish I had more sources within the police department, honestly. That's something that I've been like really kind of not 
that's never something that was part of like my beat. You know what I mean? Like I never really got a chance to connect with a lot of people that would provide that side of sort of information. Well, let's get you out there to Queens and Rockland County and, uh, you know, go to some bars and, uh, hit up Breezy Point and, uh, make it known that you you're can help, a- you can help me make those connections maybe. Uh, yeah, but I'm busy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, you got to get out there and talk to the cops because the executives, uh, you know, especially this regime, Right, they're never gonna. They're never gonna really yeah. tell you what's going on. I mean, so the CPI got, operates out of city hall now. I think, and they're not even in uh, police headquarters anymore. You got to have some friends on the force. Uh, I've got some friends, great people. Uh, they don't like what's going on at all. They're in a very tough spot, and it's uh, it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. I'm I'm still uh, the jury's out on this. I can't even remember his name. He's such a low profile. Um, the police commissioner Caban Caban Caban. Nobody knows who he is. Nobody knows what he looks like. Nobody ever sees him. And I think that may be, you know, part of the deal, part of the deal. You know, uh, you, you, I'll give you the job. Uh, don't make a big deal out of it because Ewick, you know, it's all about him. Hey, excuse me. Bright side. We got that new, what's her name? Um, councilwoman up in the Bronx, Christy Marmorado, Marmorado, Republican in the Bronx. We don't have that very often. Cut three. It's an honor because my community came out and spoke. They wanted a change and they got a change. Hard work, hard work and consistency and, and it eventually pays off. And it's like I said, it's the community. They needed the change. They wanted the change and they spoke. They came out and voted. I like her a lot. Uh, let's see here. She is, uh, uh, what do we know? She's from Throg's Neck. And you hear that good old, you know, New York accent. She's definitely one of us. And uh, she declared victory. Now it, well, it doesn't take that many votes in these little these little tiny races. Uh, listen to this: uh, the Bronx has turned red for the first time in 20 years after Republican Christy Marmorado declared victory in the city council race over Democrat incumbent Marjorie Velasquez. Marmorado is a newcomer to the political world. Her brother, though, is the Bronx GOP chair. Lonely job. She has spent 24 years in healthcare. I'm looking at a picture of her. She looks like she's 28. Very attractive, actually. Uh, was most recently in women's health at Greenwich Hospital as an x-ray tech. Marmorado said key issues facing the Bronx made her run. The main point of contention during the election was the Bruckner upzoning project, which allows construction of eight-story buildings in a neighborhood that's traditionally had privately owned homes. It's an issue that has sparked protests in the 13th District. Marmorado has been a voice of opposition. She lied to the community about the Bruckner upzoning. Good for you, Marmorado, she said of Velasquez. She's not supporting the community on the on the Just Home Initiative, and she's looking to put a casino right smack in the middle of the community that's going to be bigger than Yankee Stadium. I don't like casinos. You can have one in Las Vegas. You can go there to waste your money and blow it. The house always wins. Atlantic City, I don't like them either. Great buffets. If you're ever going to go to a casino, stick to the buffets. If you must drink, stick to that. Do not sit down at those damn tables. Do not sit at those tables. What if you go with just a, a small budget? Like, you know what? Okay, I have a hundred bucks. I'm not going to lose less, more than that. You know, just keep it, keep it that. Maybe that's fun for you. You know, you like to play some blackjack or something like that, some roulette. Imagine having a hundred dollar bill and just saying, Greg, I'm just going to take this one hundred dollar bill. I'm going to go out. Side on the street, and I'm going to throw it right in the trash. Sure, but I would say don't do that. But what if people who like to play golf play for an expensive tee time or something like that? You know, I mean, if you enjoy doing it, is it really a waste? You enjoy doing it. You enjoy the first of all, you run the risk of getting hooked, Mm. right? 
they have all kinds of systems to lull you into staying longer, right? Free drinks, mm-hmm. uh, sexy girls hanging around. Uh, what else? They pump, Eight. they pump the oxygen in, they keep you awake the whole time. Right. Just the right mix of music, ATM machines all over the place. You know, and they, it's really, it's really crafty of them. Is, yeah. they, they, they give you hundreds. It issues hundreds. If you ask for a hundred dollar bill, they give you five twenties. They give you a right. hundred. Right. So I just uh, don't, I mean, if you get hooked on golf, guess what? Good for you. You're, you're exercising. You're out with your friends. You know, you're becoming a high hand eye coordination. That's true. What's the upside of getting better at the uh, blackjack? You know? Yeah. And nothing. And you don't even have to, it's, it's a, it's a simple system with blackjack. You know, you just have to know the rules. Yeah, or you could count cards. Some guys I know count cards. That's true, but now they have those like automatic shoes that like, you know, keep them shuffling the whole time. They've it, got It depends. You can play another where they just have one deck or two decks. Yeah. You can do that and you can count better. Uh <laughs> I have a little bit of experience. Do you I, really? I speak from experience. I was once up a ludicrously large number. I don't even want to say cuz it still breaks my heart. And I went in like you. I'll only spend $300. Was it blackjack? Yes. Mm. I was up many, many, many thousands of dollars, and I left negative 300. I'm never going to do that again. Oh, good. Yeah. So anyway, all right. So no casino in the Bronx. Uh, good luck to Marmorado, and uh, sorry that Yusef Salam is going to be hanging around. She will be a, an important counterweight to him. And congratulations <laughs> once again to Ed Romaine, uh, the new Suffolk County executive he is a Republican. Haven't had one of those in a long time. Ed Romaine. He's an old salty guy. He's been around the block. I like him. Cut one. Tremendous mandate. Getting 57, 58% of the vote. Crushing it. And I thank Suffolk because with those numbers, I'm capable of going to my colleagues in the legislature and putting together a common sense agenda to move this county forward. Yeah, I love it. And then there's Ina Vernikov. Um, is she the one who walks around with the gun, who got busted with the gun? Is that her? Yeah, she was arrested for having one at a protest. I like her. And uh, she wasn't waving around the gun. You know, I looked it up. There's a there's a obscure rule out there somewhere. There's a little regulation that says you can have a gun. What is it called again? The Second Amendment of the Constitution. Uh, Ina, Ina, and she's very beautiful. Cut two. They could expect to have to continue having a voice. I will continue fighting for public safety against anti-Semitism and standing up to the radical left. We have a lot of work to do. Uh, we have about 180,000 people to fight for, and I will continue doing that. I have a great team um, that works very hard. We've covered over 6,000 cases so far. We're number one in New York City. Um, in constituent services, we will continue All right, doing that's that. Good and, for her. Good for her. I hate the party in the background. Everybody shut up. I'm trying to it's, it's election night. All right. So what are you going to do? Well, uh, I feel very good about this Eric Adams thing. I think it's all going in the right direction. Down for Eric. Down for Eric. And I just want to do this one more time. Here he is explaining the situation, why he bolted the White House, why he left mid-meeting, ran out of the White House to come home to uh, New York City. Just when the FBI is uh, poking around his operation, go ahead with the first one. I had a 25-year-old staffer that I saw grow up as a intern that had a traumatizing experience in her life. Man, so you're the mayor of the city of New York, or are you a mentor? You know what I mean? And what difference? You know what, 25-year-old, you know what that means to me? Adult. 
adult. Not to brag, but you know what I was doing at 25, right? I was in the military. All right, I was running around with guns and living in crummy places all over the place. A lot of the military was fun, but a lot of it was really a pain in the ass. Excuse me. It really was. Well, there's 25. And I hear guys invoking this all the time. I don't want to name names, but somebody pulled me aside. They said, you know, that person was very young. I said, how young? It doesn't matter. They're an adult. They're at 20s, early 30s. What do I care? They're an adult. I can't ask anybody their age. Well, you might not be able to handle this. Screw you. Handle it. Didn't happen here, by the way. It was somewhere else. Is it fair to ask also why would it be so traumatic if they didn't do anything wrong? I mean, he's said that they, he doesn't think his campaign did anything wrong. Yeah. And the, uh, the FBI, what do you do? Call the lawyer and just, uh, offer him coffee, just like Karen did in, uh, Goodfellas. Don't spit on the floor. Don't make a big deal out of it. Just sit there, watch cartoons and let them do their thing. Uh, next clip, please. The I did not speak with uh, Brianna the day of the incident because I didn't want to give any um, appearance of interference. Uh, and I wanted to be clear on that. And I was notified by campaign uh, team. He really wants to be clear on things. And the more he's clear, the less he's making sense. I want to be clear on this. Eric Adams ran for mayor from New Jersey. He was living in New Jersey. And the so-called toughest press corps in the world, the New York City press corps, right, stinks. Totally and completely stinks. And getting back to uh, the ages of people, one of the reasons why it stinks, actually, kind of, is because it's so young. And we lost all of the big-time columnists, right? Guys like Dennis Duggan, uh, David Seifman, uh, who the hell else is writing about that stuff? The big time, because quite frankly, if you were an office holder and everybody was reading the newspaper and one of these guys came out after you or against you or objected to something, you were, you had to think about that as you were governing. These 23-year-olds literally know nothing. I remember when I was 23. Well, I knew more than most, actually. Did I tell you about my time in the Marine Corps? <laughs> Ten seconds ago, right? <laughs> I, 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 I'm sorry, but they're silly and they're vain and they're they're motivated by who the hell knows what. Uh, it's a very strange group of people, actually, who's entering the media these days. Some great people, but some real weirdos. All right, one more. Uh, the NYPD communicated uh, that uh, they were shocked, I believe, of, of, of Deputy Mayor, Mayor Levy. When he reached out, <laughs> this, uh, uh, this, uh, the DCPI said, uh, you know, we doubt anything like that ever happened. Until they dug in more, they were able to find out we had no uh, role in that at all. And I want to be clear on that. We had no role in that at all. Uh, the IIB uh, carried out the request, uh, but that did not uh, reach um, our city hall at all. Huh? It's so strange, so strange. And the NYPD has been kind of co-opted and a little bit corrupted by by this guy and his punks. Except for there are one or two guys I do like. Uh, but at this point, I don't even want to say their name because I don't want to get them in trouble with the boss. Whatever. What are you going to do? All right. Anything else I should know? No, I mean, look, as far as this situation, we'll continue to follow it. And I guess at some point, you know, Brianna Suggs, the campaign fundraiser who had her home raided last week, she's supposed to... uh, reply to a subpoena for a lower Manhattan courtroom. So, I mean, I guess at some point she'll be in a courtroom providing testimony. Uh, All right. Well, uh, and oh, one other thing. How did what's-her-name do? Ivanka Trump, daughter of Trump. 
I yes. saw her walk in there like a model. Right. She didn't say anything before entering court, which, you know, her brothers and her dad were a little more talkative with the press corps. You know, she's pretty much made it clear that she's, you know, not really interested in kind of being a continuing, I guess, public face of the uh, Trump campaign, if that if that's what you want to call it. But, um, yeah, uh, we'll have to see what she had to say. I have yet to read reports as to what she actually said inside the courtroom. Well, basically, she's not remembering anything, which I don't believe she does. She doesn't. I mean, I, I believe her. She doesn't remember anything. N- nobody remembers about a 2017 email uh, that you, you know, do, do you remember what you were thinking? Do you remember somebody once handed me a text of something I wrote in uh, 2013? I had no recollection. It seemed like a stranger. Go into your own email. Go into your own email back to t- 10 years ago. And you, rec- you wouldn't even recognize the personality. Go into your text message. You can't even tell who's who. Am I this guy? Am I that guy? What? A- anyway, well, good luck, Ivanka. You shouldn't be going through this, and neither should your brother and sisters, and of course, neither should your father. I'll be back. Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is good. This is so. You got to look at Victor Davis Hansen. It's too long to read. The guy is totally brilliant, and you know what really makes him even extra interesting? He's a farmer. Victor Davis Hanson, the professor, is also a farmer, and the guy just totally gets the world, gets Barack Obama, gets everything that's going on. And uh, Victor Davis Hanson, you've seen him on uh, on uh, on cable a lot. Senior fellow with the Hoover Institute. What really separates him, though, is um, real world experience. You know, when you run a farm, you know what things cost. You know about hiring labor, and he's not just some academic shooting his mouth off. Um, Mike DeDino. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Your title now is director of sports. Is that right? I would say content uh, content creator for the sports. Content creator Con- for sports the sports digital content creator. Sports digital content creator. Correct. Okay. Is Makes that sense. official? Yeah. Sounds good. What is going on with Aaron Rodgers? You know, there's beef between me and him. He made it very, very personal. He got very nasty. Very nasty, and he used a lot of profanity about me and uh, my family, and I don't stand for that. Did so, he? you heard that horrible, vulgar tirade? He used profane language. We're talking about when he was on the Pat McAfee show. Whatever the hell show it was, I don't know these 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 sports shows you guys get crazy about. But hey, is everything all right with you and Matt Meany? He just kind of uh, is everything all right? I guess not. Yeah, I know. <laughs> all right, he's your boss, right? Was I? Yeah, I don't think he sees it that way. All right, enough office politics. Was it fake news that he's coming back this season, or is he coming back this season or not? I don't think anybody really has the answer to that question yet. That is the million-dollar question. Will Aaron Rodgers return? I think the speculation is... I think it's a $37 million question. If you, you yeah, It's a $37 million question. I think oh. he will not return. Gun pointed at my head. I don't think he will return. All right, so why was he shooting his mouth off trying to say that he could return? You look confused. Have you? Well, I, yeah, uh, the boss is running in and out, and somehow I think they've got beef with you. So just finish your thought. And I, Are you prohibited from coming on air or something I, like that? I don't that? believe so. I think I have well, some I think you're intel. on double secret probation. Something's going on here. They don't uh, want to see me win. Yeah, I'm. I, I'm I, well, I, I think he wants to see you in his office right now. All right. Sorry. Final word on Aaron Rodgers. He will not return. If you pointed a gun at my head, I said he will not return. I appreciate it so much. Thank you, Mike. Good luck with uh, this yeah. situation. Looks like I need it. Uh, Barbara, hi. Barbara in Huntington. Welcome back. Hi, Greg. 
I'm I'm seeing, unfortunately, another announcement for a day of rage again against Israel, and they're calling for it tomorrow. They want people to wear black armbands. They want them to go to protest at um, Martin, uh, at at Boeing, Raytheon, Northrop Grumman, et cetera, um, and try to hurt Israel in any way they can. Well, they don't know. Golda Meir said, we Jews have a secret weapon in our struggle with the Arabs. We have no place to go. Yeah, no place to go. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Here we are. We have no place to go. I want to support. Everyone's wearing a uh, an armband. Uh, how can I support on the other side? What do I do? I'll wear a yarmulke. I seriously, I will do. I want to stand with Israel. What is a good way to do it? Uh, well, we're both Christian, you and me. Uh, we got to find out a way to do it, a respectful way to do it. And I mean that respectfully. I want to do something. And I don't know what that is, uh, but this is a fight between good and evil. And Israel must prevail. They will prevail. And we support that. We support them. We support. Oh, God, I can't believe they're going through it. I can't believe this is happening. We're seeing all this disgusting hate. Anyway, Barbara, thank you. All's, uh, all's good with you. All is going well. Thank you very much. In Greg. your private life, right? Personally, the, the world is going down the tubes, but we yeah, are so. Yeah, I know. Oh. We're so much. Well, sorry. Go ahead. I'm here in Ohio where they just voted in an awful, awful. Oh, amendment. I know. I know. I wish that didn't happen. Uh, to be continued, everybody. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.